Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. The Denver Broncos are coming off a very tough loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, the rival Kansas City Chiefs, and we're going to another AFC rival in the Los Angeles Chargers. This is not going to be an easy game, but don't worry, David and I are here to break down for you what to expect and what kind of plays and schemes you are going to be able to see in this upcoming game in the Mile High City. As always, please hit that subscribe button, hit the follow button, go to uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, wherever you're getting your podcast, rate us five stars. We really appreciate you guys listening, and that helps out us a lot. So while you listen to our theme song, our intro song, make sure you go and do that. Leave us some comments and sit back, relax, and enjoy another edition of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. Well, welcome back, Broncos country, for another edition of the pregame podcast. I, as always, am Jared here with my buddy David. We are going to break down the pregame for the Denver Broncos versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I, I, you know, it's been four years and I still struggle at, at calling them. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, even though I've now lived in San Diego for three years, and in my three years I've been here, they have not been here. <laughs> so I don't know why I still think they live here, or they still go here, but whatever. Uh, I was so, like really expecting you to say San Diego Chargers. I was pretty right, yeah, well, I th- surprised. At this point, at this point, mm-hmm. no one would be surprised. I think that's the. <laughs> um, so, so here's what we got going forward. We obviously are coming off of a, a tough, tough loss against our rival and Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, obviously, we haven't won a game against them in a while. And if you want to hear a breakdown of how that game went and how the Orange Weekly crew thinks, listen to Kevin and Tanner on the post game podcast, which is before this. They are. Uh, a decent podcast, but not nearly as good as we are. So just make sure no. you tune into them and listen to what they have to say about the post game. Go ahead and give them a pity listen, um, and then come back here <laughs> and give us the the, the quality content show um, a full listen, your full attention. Uh, right. And yeah, Jared, what do you think? Like last week, we were just looking for the Broncos to be competitive against a team we all knew was a little bit better, uh, and they weren't. They just in no aspect of the game were they even close. Um, so. uh, I, I disagree on that. Okay. Well, all right. I think, I, I, I think our defense, I think our defense held their own and honestly, our offense, other than a few things, they have a lot to work on, obviously, but I think our defense definitely held their own in that game. And, uh, yeah. I mean, even or, in the fourth quarter, I mean, it was garbage time. There's only, it, so it much, really, there's only so much you can do when you're on the field all the time. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think obviously special teams is an absolute uh, dumpster fire of a garbage, whatever is happening Oof. there on special teams. And it has been for a while. You know, Ray has, has pointed this out a couple times to all of us. And it it's a tough pill to swallow that our, our special teams have sucked for so long. And just nothing is being done about it. And I realize, you know, you the knee jerk reaction as fans is, you know, fire the special teams coach without really realizing if that's going to make any kind of a difference or not. Uh, but at this point, you know, we talked about it last night. We've allowed more kickoff return or punt return touchdowns than any team in the league since 2018. Something's got to give. 
I mean, if you if right. that's not enough to lose you your job as special teams coach, what I, I'm I'm curious what's keeping you as special teams coach at that point. No, absolutely. And so the other thing I want to mention too is is we mentioned how terrible special teams is. Everything but the field goal team, who who they he did miss an extra point last week, but honestly, through this year he's been at McManus in that uh, that field goal team has been absolutely we were, tremendous. We were talking about it. he's not used to kicking extra points, so he had to right. quite get that calibration in time. It turns out he didn't yeah. need to because there weren't more any more extra points for the Broncos to kick that game. Well, there was more. Yeah, he was, what, what is this distance? I don't understand being mm. this close. Mm-mm, doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, you take, automatically take a couple penalties, bring us back a couple, you know, 10, 20 yards, and he'll be better. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right into it with the matchups here, Jared. Um, the Chargers defense versus our offense. And that's what I think everybody's going to be really looking for is a bounce back game from the offense. Uh, it's going to be kind of tough with, with some pretty important guys on the, especially on the injury report right now. You know, Philip Lindsay down in concussion protocol still. No idea if he's going to play until probably Friday or Saturday. We won't know. Uh, Tim Patrick not practicing today. Uh, DeMar Dotson sounds like he got a rest day, but if your right tackle can't go against that pass rush, that's certainly something to be aware of. Um, yes. what, what do you think, Jared? What do the Broncos need to do to bounce back? So I think the first thing the Broncos need to do to bounce back is not leave the run game. Our run game is what works and it always has been. It has been for the last three years and we're trying to get away from it. And the other thing that needs to happen is uh, Drew Locke needs to make better decisions. And I know that's an easy an easy out and an easy way to put this, but he did not make good decisions last week. And not just the pick six, but there was a couple other times that you saw wide open receivers and he was still throwing in a double triple coverage for unknown reasons. So I think that's where I want to, I'm going to look at the best. Uh, obviously his protection is going to be very important. I I'm looking at the injury report here for uh, Los Angeles and it looks like Melvin Ingram is limited in practice right now. So I'm not sure if he's going to be a game time decision or, or he'll probably end up playing just because they need him on that defensive line. But if, if they don't have him on that defensive line, you still have Bosa on the other side and that's just going to be a tough matchup for our offensive line. Now, Garrett Bowles is the best tackle in the league right now. Um, it, it, by far, the best left tackle in the league right now, and he is killing it. So who, if Bosa is against him, I am actually have a lot of confidence that we'll be able to slow him down. But we need to get creative, and by creative on the offense, I mean we need to get creative in being able to isolate those two pass rushers because I think we can take advantage of the other ones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's going to start with getting the ball out quicker. Um, with Drew Locke, whether that's game, uh, a mixture of game calling and his own decision making. Um, you know, I know because of post-practice interviews this week, the coaching staff has definitely been in his ear about staying in the pocket, not bailing when he doesn't have to bail, making a play that's available to him instead of trying to just extend a play in the name of extending a play. Um, you know, finding the guys running open underneath is really going to help yes. him so much because um, they were available against the Chiefs. We talked, they've talked, we've talked about it. The announcer during the game was talking about it. Um, yes. it's, yeah, it's not something we need to go over at length at this point, but just, you know, again, whether it's game, uh, you know, game planning to get the ball out of his hands a little quicker and then being in his ear and saying, get the ball out now, um, you know, a combination of those two factors is going to help. And like you said, not abandoning the run. Because we were really effective with that run game against the Chiefs, Very and much so. you know if if Philip Lindsay can go, that's obviously going to help a lot. 
Um, but you know, it's if not, it starts with Melvin Gordon holding on to that football, Jared. Um, that's and, another piece too. You know, but you know, if he can, uh, I trust the offensive line to create holes for him and keep back this this Chargers pass rush that has given us so much trouble over the last you know however long. You know, they've got such talented guys like you were saying, Bosa and Ingram. Um, the matchup with Bowles is one I'll really be watching, like you said. Um, no matter which guy is going against him, you know, he's the best tackle in the league right now, like you said, but I don't know that he's faced a pass rusher quite as talented as these guys. You know, you had Jadavian Clowney, you had, you know, Bud Dupree and TJ Watt with the Steelers, but I feel like they were, you know, matching up their most effective guy against Wilkinson because there was no need to rush against the left. Um right. So yeah, that'll be it'll be really interesting to see if he's winning one on one battles consistently like he has all season. Yeah, no, I I like that matchup. And and before we move on to that, uh, last thing I want to say about Locke that I, I noticed is he started regressing back towards once we started going down and he came back on the field. He was he was regressing back towards what we saw at the end of last season with his footwork being just off. He wasn't stepping into throws. He wasn't really making his reads correctly. And uh, as far as seeing something from this game, I want to see him come back to what we saw against the Patriots or what we saw against uh, that first game first game of the season where he was actually throwing pretty well and throwing downfield. I think that's what we need to see out of him coming back to the basics. And and that's where we're going we're gonna to see that. But again, it comes down to his protection. I don't think that this game is going to be like the Kansas City game. I don't think they're going to rush as often because... They need the help in the backfield. So, you know, obviously Chris Harris, the beloved Chris Harris, is uh, on IR right now. So he won't be playing. So it's going to be down to Hayward and Davis to mm-hmm. to handle Michael Davis and um, what's Hayward's name? Casey Hayward, obviously. Mm-hmm. So Casey Hayward and Michael Davis to hold down those corner spots. I don't think they can keep up with the two, with the receivers that we have if Patrick is healthy. Yeah, if Patrick's healthy, it's going to help us a lot against that secondary uh, you know, we saw the Jaguars put up 29 points on this this defense, this Chargers defense last week. Um, and that's, you know, you know, one of the teams that you could easily say is worse than the Broncos right now. Right. Um, and there's not a lot of teams you can easily say are worse than the Broncos right now. But I think that's definitely one. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, the safeties are also not what I would call overly impressive um they've got Adderley and Jenkins that there Nazir Adderley Adderley they've oh man it's it's always a shame when when a player of Derwin James's caliber goes down but it leaves you know Rayshon Jenkins and Nazir Adderley back there for the Chargers and neither of those guys is playing particularly well at least according to pro football focus numbers um right so it's you know a matchup in the secondary that you can win um even against these linebackers you know they've got Denzel Perryman who's playing lights out but Kenneth Murray, Absolutely. the rookie, um, you know, not super impressive. Neither is um, number 44 there for them, Kazir White. Just, you know, average to below average linebacker play is what they're getting from these guys. Um, so, you know, the tight end matchups are favorable for the Broncos. If Noah Fant is healthy, especially, uh, you know, even when he wasn't healthy last week, he was getting open and just not getting the ball until it was a little bit too late. Um, but certainly Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick, if he's available, are going to have good matchup matchups against these against these guys. Um, you know, again, can the ball get out quickly enough and can the offensive line protect long enough when they do scheme up these longer shots? Yeah. And as far as scheme goes on the offensive side, you know, they're looking at uh, Bashard Perriman. 
Uh, sorry, Denzel Perryman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know yeah. they're looking at Denzel Perryman on that side. He he is their best player on that on that defense, other than Joey Bosa as a pass rusher. So you can't throw his way. You can't run his way. You're going to have to isolate him. You're going to have to double team him. So I think when they're talking about game plan, that's who they're going to be attacking and focusing on. And I think some of our play calls might come in to go away from uh, Denzel Perryman for that reason. Yeah. So be, don't be surprised if that's that's our game plan and that's our plan, even if we're getting the ball to some people that don't normally get the ball. Um, now, you know, I, Drew- I, I need to go back to the drawing board on Albert on Albert O's name. Um, I'm starting to right. think the way we were saying it all season, Okawebunam. Uh, it may be wrong, uh, you know. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to think it was Okawebunam. I really didn't. But Kevin Harlan said a couple of times during the broadcast, like he had that, asked, that's how he was told. That's how yeah. he was told Alberto wanted to pronounce, wanted it pronounced. So we're gonna have to. If that is the way you want it pronounced, Albert, we're sorry. We've been doing it wrong this whole time. Apologies to you. I'm sure you're a I devoted don't... listener. I don't I don't know. I think I think that might be one of those things where he's like, uh, this is how I think it's pronounced. He's just like, you know what? It's easier just to say yes than it is to actually teach you how to pronounce this. You know, and that may be uh, maybe. Uh, but to me, Kevin Harlan is a name that I, you know, I respect as far as right. a guy who knows his craft, who does his due diligence. Uh, not a Trent Green type of guy who is <laughs> out there to talk shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll do some follow up research we'll, on we'll, that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll with, follow up with him. Uh, we'll give we'll him a phone call. He's on he's on my speed dial. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. in the meantime, we'll go with Alberto just to avoid getting it wrong. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alberto. So mm-hmm. here's the thing with Alberto. He's played two games and he's gotten I think nine targets in two games, which is for a rookie only playing for two games. That comes back to the lock's comfort zone with him, even in. Again, against Block's better judgment, probably should not be throwing to him on a couple of those throws that he made to him because he was like double, triple covered. But that is going to be something to look forward to going forward. I think having him as a tight end, having that double tight end is going to be immense for us once we get it down and once we start reading that properly. Absolutely. I mean, he and Fant together, real weapons. Um, And you can't like you can't just scheme up a one v one matchup for both of those guys if you're a defensive coordinator and hope for the best. Um, if once they both you know kind of get going and get a little chemistry with each other, that's going to be a very dangerous asset for the Broncos offense. Absolutely. All right, you want to switch it to the other side? Let's talk about our defense. So okay. I, I, you know what I, I. I don't in recent memory and correct me if I'm wrong. I cannot remember a team who has had a 31st ranked offense and a third ranked defense in the league. I don't know. A top five and a bottom two, a bottom two offense and a top five defense in the league. It feels like that's been the Broncos for like the past three or four years though. We've never been that far down though. Yeah. I don't know. It's been close and or, you know, so here, okay. So here's my thing. We've never been uh-huh. this high up on defense, and it's always because most of the time the defense is on the field so often. That's true, and we even had enough, you know, limited offensive success last game to keep the defense looking fresh. Um, but there was just there was you know a point in the game where they the defense goes off the field and it's ten to six, and the next time the defense comes back on the field, it's twenty three to nine. And yes. at that point, you know, like, what can you do? And you, and they still played hard. And, you know, we heard yep. you know, Bradley Chubb frustrations on the sideline um, spilled over into the locker Shelby room. Shelby Harris yeah, ended up absolutely. getting really frustrated on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And, and 
you know, it's it's really hard to blame those guys. The offensive guys even said it's hard to hard to blame those guys. We've got to do a little bit better job keeping our end of the bargain. Because the defense, you you said it at the beginning of the show, and you were absolutely right. They played well enough to win that game. They did. You know, you held. I think Patrick Mahomes was under a hundred yards passing at halftime. Um, yep. You didn't have production from any of the you know big time Chiefs weapons. No big passes to Hill. No you know monster catch and runs by Kelsey. Um, you know the defense was doing a really good job keeping everything in front of them. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell had a couple of flashes, but even the running game, you know, with Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the most part looked really well bottled up. Um, and they were gashing Buffalo on the ground the week before. It was not competitive yep. when they were running the football. And talking so they, about getting in the backfield and mm-hmm. making some big hits, you know, uh, that early fumble from Alexander Johnson that Alexander yeah. Johnson got with the big hit. I mean, th- these are the kind of plays that like our defense is capable of making if we if we can keep us into it. The defense will keep us into it. Absolutely. And going forward against the Chargers, I think there's good matchups to be had um, on, on really every level of the defense. Uh, you know, front seven-wise, we lost Mike Purcell this week, and that's, that's a bummer. Uh, you can't, you know, the, the kind of steady presence that he wasn't nose, t- nose tackle against the run especially, uh, I think we're going to miss it. Um, it sounds like they're going to do uh, committee-style um at nose tackle with him out sylvester williams who just got cut then signed back to the practice squad will now probably be put back on the active roster this week um right. we've seen deshaun williams number 90 getting snaps in there we probably will again um, shelby harris may rotate in at nose um so we're you know we've got options there demarcus walker just came off of ir he's a little bit of a bigger body um that they can use it's just you know can you and can you do enough to fill in for Purcell, a guy who's been playing really well, can you just get enough production out of the guys who are going to be rotating in for him? Um, I hope so, because if the run defense doesn't hold up, then I think you're going to see the pass defense, which has also looked really good, suffer as a result. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing is our that front seven needs to be good, not, not just because obviously we want to get pr- protection or get uh, – penetration but look their front their front seven is not great yeah they're and they're, they're not having bad. very good and and they have some injuries as well their right guard ryan groy is out with biceps didn't practice this week so he's day-to-day to figure out if he's even going to play as a right guard and i don't even know who their backup is but their their front has the not been playing very well he is the Oof. backup troy trey turner who they traded uh their left tackle russell okung for in the offseason uh is also out with an injury um, yeah. you don't have a single guy on this offensive line with a grade higher than 57, uh, according to pro football focus. And yep. yeah, it's like you said, Jared matchups, we can exploit. You've got Bradley Chubb. You've got Malik Reed. Who's been playing really, really well of late. Um, you've got Draymond Jones who just came back from the injured reserve and got a sack this last week against the chiefs. Uh, you've got options there. You, you've got guys who can get to the quarterback and, uh, you know, bottle up this run game. You've just got to go out there and execute like we've seen this defense been able to do. Yeah, and we're talking Bradley Chubb is starting to come on his own too. Like he's been playing really well in the last couple of weeks and he's been getting in the backfield. He's been going back to his old self, which I'm really liking to see uh, against that. So so we've already decided our, our defense, as far as our run defense, is one of the top in the league. I do not think that the Chargers are going to run anywhere on us, especially not with Joshua Kelly. I don't think Joshua Kelly is going to get much against 
against this Broncos defense with the way their front line is playing. So that being said, is Justin Herbert going to be able to get the ball to Keenan Allen? Because we know that's how that's going to be how they have to beat us. Yeah, and you know they've also got um, Jalen Guyton out there who is kind of coming on very strong for them. Um, he's been a, a real deep weapon for them. Um, but yeah, Allen's been playing incredibly well, which should be no surprise to anybody because he always plays incredibly well. As long um, as he's healthy, he does. Yeah, it's it's going to be those two guys. I would expect to see um, Bryce Callahan on, uh, on, on Keenan Allen quite a bit. Um, just as a guy who with, with the kind of speed that he has, but you know, Fangio is also not a guy who matches up his corners. Really. Uh, he puts, you know, he keeps them in the positions they are on, on the field basically all the time. Um, so it's going to be another big test for Michael Ojemudia. Um, he's going to see a lot of Keenan Allen, I would think, and uh, Jalen Guyton as well. Uh, so it's those two outside guys who can do a lot, especially, um, Allen can do, he's a technician at route running. Um, and Guyton is such a deep threat. There's there's differences with the way those two guys play that game. For a young corner, it's going to be really really interesting to see how he responds and how he shifts up his style of play based on who there's going to who they're going to be putting out there against him. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree 100. percent And so Mike Williams, um, I'm pretty sure he's back there too, yeah, and he, he's been playing he's been playing pretty well too and he's another target and then they have the big you know our our biggest issue for every season for the past i don't know five six seasons eight seasons is tight ends Mm -hmm. and they got hunter henry who's a big tight end he's a big tight end option for him so if they're going to beat us they're going to need to beat us over the air and they're going to have to find and on offensively they're going to scheme against our zone defense yeah our man defense is going to be very difficult to keep up with their wide receivers i don't think one-on-one michael media or uh aj boy is going to be able to take on keenan allen so we're going to have to go to some sort of zone so what you're going to see is a lot of zone defense and they're going to be scheming a lot of zone plays uh you know middle middle hooks uh slants over the middle trying to trying to catch us off guard um and just find the find the windows and that's basically what their offense is going to look like against our defense if it's a quick strike offense that that gives me some pause um, but I do think even, you know, if they do that, if they go to that kind of offense, they're going to be able to move the ball very well between the twenties. Uh, but I don't think they're going to have a lot of success in the red zone with that kind of offense. Now that's where, you know, especially when you're in the deep red zone, 20, 25 yard line, you can use your quarterback's big arm to try and just make yeah. shot plays from there. Um, and they've certainly got the talent at quarterback to be able to do that. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, we, we can talk a, a lot about him, but obviously he's come in and played very, very well. Uh, Matt's a little more skeptical than we, than I am thus far about what I've seen. Um, you know, there's more tape out on him every single week. And I think a guy like Fangio with the experience that he has is going to make it very, very tough on the young quarterback. Um, we may see him fall to earth a little bit this week, uh, but you know, uh, certainly I didn't expect the Jaguars defense to give him any real trouble, but yeah. All that being said, he's a super talented guy with a really big arm who doesn't seem intimidated by the moment. The moment doesn't seem too big for him, um, which is what everybody was kind of thinking when he stepped in. It was going to be a little bit too much for him to handle right away, um, and it just hasn't been so far. So I don't know. Jared, what do you think about w- what you've seen from Justin Herbert so far? 
I, I, I'm on Matt's side. The, the jury is still out on him. He's young. A lot of times when these new quarterbacks come in, they do very well, especially for their first two, three games coming in, uh, sometimes through five, six games. I mean, look at uh, Hunter, what was it, Minshew? Not Gardner Hunter, what's Minshew. his name? Gardner Minshew, whoever mm-hmm. named their kid Gardner. Gardner Minshew, right? Alabama. So He's from Alabama. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so when you have a guy like Gardner Minshew come in and play very well, and he played well for, uh, I mean, more than 10 games, and everyone was all excited about him, but look at him now. So once you get a little bit of, of tape on him, you find out what their consistencies are and where they're looking, it gets a little bit easier to defend against. But when you don't have anything and you just have a big arm and someone who could read a defense, it, it's it's difficult. So I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to bring pressure. And I'm not saying we have to blitz all the time, but I am definitely going to say that Bradley Chubb and, you know, uh, I'd say probably even Shelby Harris and Malik Reed, who got us a couple stacks last week, mm-hmm. are going to need to get in there. And they're going to need to get pressure on this young quarterback because he's big and lanky and long, and he can kind of take off and get that gazelle stride, which I know all about. But he can't. Um, he, we can't let him sit in the pocket and read a defense, especially if they're going to be quick strike. We're going to have to be able to, to get pressure on him to get him uncomfortable. And that's yeah. the, I think that's going to be the first level to, to beating this team. Yeah, and I wonder if we do um, see a little bit more pressure dialed up early from Fangio just to kind of get into that young quarterback's head. Um, I don't necessarily think we need it. Uh, I think we can probably get pressure with four guys um, against this offensive line, but it wouldn't surprise me if we showed a few exotic blitzes um, just to kind of get him uncomfortable and kind of get him seeing his own shadow out there to start the game. I, I agree 100%. I think that's exactly what we're going to do. We, we have to get him off his game early, and I think that's the best way to do it. And if not, we send a couple blitzes just to see what they're looking like and what they're, where they're looking at and uh, do our best there. Obviously, our defense is playing very well, so that that's not going to be an issue for us, especially against a unexper- inexperienced quarterback and a really shoddy O-line in yeah. the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. On a travel week, too. They have to come to Denver. Which is, you know, the crowd is is not going to be really a thing. Um, but you know, first time playing at an altitude for a young quarterback like that, who still still has spots. I mean, come on, have you seen the kid? Good lord, he is. <laughs> now, Jared, you you've had some issues with acne in your days, but man, this kid is like, wow, <laughs> wow. Why did you have to bring that up? I know. I, know. Was, <laughs> I, I didn't mean for that to be a shot at you. It was really more just a. But good lord. Um, Anyhow, what's all right? What's one matchup on on our defense versus their offense that you're really highlighting? One player or one matchup that you really think is going to be key for for our outcome here? Hmm. You want me I to think go- it's going to be. Go I no, I'll start, and okay. and, and I kind of take this every time because I this is probably my Achilles heel of our Broncos team. And every single year I say the same thing. Every single year it comes out right is whoever's covering Hunter Henry. Mm. However, we could cover Hunter Henry, whether we put Josie jewel on him, which is probably the case. Cause we like to keep Johnson in the middle to, to run, run stop. We don't really like to put him out and pass unless we're in a zone. Mm. So, um, if we end up putting Josie Jewell or, you know, there's a chance that Bryce Callahan does end up playing that slot corner against a tight end like that, uh, depending on what kind of set they're in, Whoever's playing Hunter Henry, and that's the matchup I'm going to look at because I think our defense has the ability to get to, like I say, get to the quarterback. But I don't think if the quarterback has time, we have the ability to cover Hunter Henry. So I think that's going to be a key matchup for this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a really good pick. I am just looking up, trying to look up Travis Kelsey's numbers um, from the last game specifically because, at least to my eyes, 
um, we covered up Travis Kelsey pretty well last week. Um, yes. Uh, you know, I want to see if that is bared out by the stats and what kind of game he was able to have against us. Um, but well, I mean, again, that goes back to they were their offense was not on the field very often, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like it, they didn't really have a chance to go deep into the playbook. They didn't need to go deep in the playbook. Their special teams and their their defense took care of the game early on. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but well, I guess my point in, look, in in trying to look that up was, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey is one of the better tight ends in the league. Um, Hunter absolutely. Henry is one of those guys who could be on his way into that category. Um, but I don't think he's quite there yet. And I think there is um, reason to be optimistic that we can at least do well. Now, you're absolutely right. We have had trouble covering tight ends for years and years. And that's certainly going to be a matchup that a young quarterback wants to rely on, right? He wants to be able to get to that tight end and have him make plays with his with his size and with his feet, um, with the ball in his hands, uh, you know, I think good tackling is going to be just as important as good coverage on him. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Having having discipline from our safeties and linebackers there is going to be really, really key. Um, I'm going to go with, I I like, I want to look at how Draymond Jones um, comes back against this offensive line. Uh, Came in against Casey's guys last week and, you know, played decently well, had his, had a sack. Um, got some good penetration, but you know, there were other plays where he kind of got washed out of a play on, on running plays. Um, I want to see him have just a little bit more consistency, um, be in the backfield, make those impact plays, be a part of the solution. Um, and really kind of inspire me that this defensive line by committee approach with Mike Purcell out is going to work. Uh, it's going to be good enough to maintain the run defense at a very high level. Like it's been, uh, because again, if the run defense goes, I'm really concerned about how how well this defense will hold up in the back end, uh, especially with a zone defense. You know, if guys are able to run free in your zones, eventually they're going to find a hole in it, no matter how technically right. sound you're playing, no matter how good your players are playing. And it's a little bit of a different zone defense with Fangio. He plays kind of man matchups when you get into these zones, but that's kind of what every zone defense is. Um, <laughs> so... It's yeah, I would I would really hope that they can continue to maintain that discipline and Draymond Jones is going to be a big part of that for me. Yeah, and I, I like what you said there. So uh, veteran receivers like uh, Keenan Allen are going to be able to find that zone if, if Herbert gives him time and he's going to be able to sit wherever he needs to and he's going to get he's going to rack up points. And I think that's what he's been doing so far this year. He's been doing a very good job of just finding finding ways to get open, finding ways to get the ball to him, which is uh is that's again that's going to be the dangerous uh matchup to watch mm-hmm. uh so we didn't do it for the offensive side so let's switch back over to the offense what is one matchup that you think is going to i'll let you go first in this one what's one matchup that you think is going to be one to watch uh from our offense um i want to look at the interior offensive line this time um i you know i trust the tackles particularly garrett bowles to hold up um but i also think that you know, um, Los Angeles has a creative defensive coordinator. Um, he's going to be able to bring blitzes inside. He's going to be able to bring blitzes outside. Um, and I wonder if we see, excuse me, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa coming in on stunts against our interior offensive line. I would expect to um, just to isolate the matchup there, because I think there's definitely room, whether you're talking about our guards or our center, 
there's room for guys to get home there, um, especially if they give exotic looks. We have not seen with our guards, and particularly our rookie center, Lloyd Cushenberry, um, a lot of savvy as far as picking up those twists and stunts. Um, so I would expect to see them bring interior pressure with, with some of their better pass rushers. I'll be interested to see uh, how they can hold up. I I like that a lot, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the way Lloyd Cushenberry has been playing this season. He has been having a really rough rookie season, um, and it's obviously he's playing up against. But, yeah, it's but, a, it's a tough position, and he's been going up against some very very good interior line. And pe- people know he's a rookie, so they pick on him, and that's he's been getting double teams, and he's been getting pushed back a couple times. But uh, I like that pick. I I think my pick is going to be someone who I actually was really high on pre-draft and thinking that the Broncos should go get him and Kenneth Murray. Mm. Um, I think I want to see how he does against our run. And again, I really hope that we stick to the run again this this week and not try to get too fancy with the passing. I do like the fact that we are actually switching it up every once in a while. This is a change of pace that we've had for the last two years. Uh, We are not just sticking to the run, but I do want to see us continue to run the ball on on second and medium, second and shorts, and not try to take these big, deep shots down the middle. Um, But I want to see how Kenneth Murray does as the middle linebacker on their team against our run and you know sometimes he he plays okay but sometimes he misses tackles and and i want to see what we can do and how we can isolate him because like i said we are going to be running away from perriman Uh, denzel perriman is their their guy on defense we're going to have to run away from him so it's going to be up to um kenneth murray and kazir white to be able to take him down take down our running backs yeah absolutely um, one extra note that I'll be really, really watching is the pass protection from running backs. Um, and we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, uh, how, how much better Melvin Gordon is at it than Royce Freeman. Uh, and you know, Philip Lindsay does what he can do back there, but he's a smaller body. Um, it, even if he's available, you know, he's not the best pass protector there is. Um, it's another situation where if the chargers send blitzers and the Broncos have not shown great adept adeptness at picking up extra pressure at diagnosing extra pressure where it's coming from. Um, you know, that's going to be a kind of a, a big ask for whoever's playing running back to to make that blitz pick up the right call every time. Uh, or you're not going to see a lot of offensive effectiveness, Jared. Yep. Nope. I agree a hundred percent. Um, that's, that's basically where it's at. Yeah. So I cheated and did too, but it's whatever. That's um, a, that's all right. That's yeah. all right. You're allowed for this one. Uh, so uh, for the record, uh, I do want to say that this is getting un- unruly. This team puffball versus team visor is getting unruly. Ooh, so a lot of people are choosing based on not what our, our arguments are, which is how mm-hmm. the reason we started team puffball mm-hmm. versus team visor, but more for the actual headwear in general. Mm-hmm. They're more picking team puffball because, you know, apparently it's starting to get cold in your parts mm-hmm. of the country. I see, see mm-hmm. I'm here in Southern California. There's no reason I should be wearing a puffball and nor will I. So mm-hmm. I don't think that people are choosing team puffball based on, uh, the merit of team puffball. They're just choosing it as the, uh, because it looks cool. All I'm really hearing is a loser trying to explain (laughs) why he's losing. And to me, the reason that you're losing doesn't matter. It's the fact that you're losing. Now, yeah. Brings you great joy. Well, you know, when you go to the play, when you go to playoffs time in the NFL, Jared, 
do they come to your wins and losses record and say, well, you have more losses than this other team. Let me hear your reasons for losing these games. And then maybe we'll decide <laughs> if you can go to the playoffs or not. I don't think that's how it works, Jared. I think they just say, yeah. this team has more wins. They're going to the playoffs. And right mm. now, in our battle, Team Puffball going to the playoffs. Team Visor. Ooh. Now, for our listeners, I'm going to do a brief update. Team Puffball <laughs> now includes myself, the founder. Right. Kevin. Oh, Kevin. okay. It's so Kevin. take that. Tanner, obviously. Uh, that's a tough one. Addition. Yeah. And yeah. your very own Ragers co-host, Ray. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that one was rough. Yeah, that, that was, was a tough, tough. That was a tough know, blow. And, and I saw you. You were trying to tell us that Ray's membership in Team Puffball wasn't official. And then he <laughs> came on and contradicted you to your yes. face. And that, yes. I know, that was a tough loss to take. That was, uh, I, I felt betrayed. Yeah, yeah. Now, your wife, your wonderful wife, Maricela, who I love. Of course, wonderful she's Team Visor. Team Visor, and we shouldn't discount that. That's a thing. Yes. Uh, but you've got two right now, which right. is a team. Just, and they both live in my right. household. Right, right, right. Right, it, yeah. It, you know, that, that does count, but it does also feel like there should maybe be an asterisk there some sort of some sort of something that indicates well look listeners if you guys are team visor go ahead and go onto our facebook page and let us know that you are team visor uh if you are team puffball keep it to yourself no no no. if you are team puffball go onto itunes spotify any any platform that you're using to listen to this podcast leave us a five-star review and tell us why you decided to choose the winning side go ahead and just let us know uh, leave it in the comments, and if we're feeling frisky, which we will be, we will read the best comment submission uh, on the air uh, live on the next podcast. How about that? Yes, yes, we will. I like that uh, as long as it's protein visor. Okay, so let's let's move on. Let's talk about that. We've, we've talked about this game, and we have gone pretty in depth. Let's talk about what we predict will actually happen. We went. In-depth offense, in-depth defense. We didn't go in-depth special teams because I haven't started drinking enough yet. And um, nobody really can go too far into special teams other than that we suck. So what do you think is going to be the outcome of this game? You know, I think the offense is going to be better. Whatever better means in this context, we'll just have to see. Um, I'm sure the weather will be nicer. um, And that I think is going, you know, I think that's an underrated part of just quarterback play in general not so much when it's snowing but when it's super super cold um i think that makes a big difference to quarterback play and you know obviously patrick mahomes wasn't at his best even though the kansas city offense wasn't on the field a whole lot patrick mahomes was not his mvp self against denver um and drew Locke obviously played the way he played so if the weather's a little bit better this weekend i think we can expect to see a better quarterback performance from there alone um, I think the defense goes out and does what it does, and I think ultimately the Broncos win a close, low-scoring low game, uh, probably like 20-17, to 17, something like that. Yep. No, I, I like that too. Um, I actually think this is going to be a high-scoring game, but I, b- before I t- go into my prediction, I want to mention I, I agree with you on the on – the, the issue with the the cold and not so mm-hmm. much the snow. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Kansas City lost one fumble. We lost. We had two fumbles. They lost one. We had a muff punt that luckily we 
jumped on. Uh, that ball is hard when yeah. it gets cold out there, and it is yeah. very difficult to hold on to and catch. So it, not just on the quarterback play, but on all around, you have to be much, much more careful. Um, and I think, obviously, we didn't take advantage of our turnovers, and they took advantage of theirs, and yeah. that's how what it came down to. Um, so i I going to disagree with you on this, um, and this could be another team puffball versus team visor. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game only because – um, I think they have the quick strike potential. Mm-hmm. I also don't trust our special teams to not put us in good p- field position. Uh, I think they're going to have great field position most of the time. Uh, they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals because I do think our defense is going to stop them. But I don't. I think it's going to be more than twenty points on both sides. I think we finally get it together on offense, and I'm, I'm probably going to say this for the rest of the year until we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Um, but we, uh, I think our offense is finally going to get together. We're going to start getting rid of some of these miscues. We're going to get, start getting rid of some of those execution issues that we've been having, st- kind of really start putting in, uh, the pedal to the metal. I think the score is going to be Denver 28, um, and I'll say Los Angeles 24. All right. If you've been listening to any words coming out of my mouth at all in the last week and a half, you have heard me say this is the most important stretch of the Broncos season. Um, they've got to win this game and the next, you know, the next three, three out of the next four, basically, if they want to salvage anything out of their season at all, I think. Um, so, you know, more power to you if you're right, because that if they can get these issues ironed out going into this stretch of their season – um, it's going to mean really, really good things coming into that last tough stretch where you've got Bills, Chiefs, and Saints, you know, to go again before before yes. wrapping up with Chargers and Raiders. Well, yeah, again, I I agree with you 100. I think this that this next stretch, I, if we win three of the four, I'll have I'll be much more happy and much more uh, content with the season. If not, it's kind of a loss, right? Especially yeah. if we if we especially if we if we lose to the Chargers, maybe if we lose to Atlanta, the season's done. Yeah, so. For sure. So we need to we need to take a look at that. So I want to go on a little bit of a soapbox here, not too long, but uh, Boy, go ahead. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so about the the coaches and I, I mentioned the execution. I wasn't on the Tuesday show, and I kind of do want to get this point out there. Uh, something that I've really noticed in this game and a lot of social media is people getting ready to fire everybody and getting rid of. I get it. We're proud fans. Broncos country is a proud proud club. We're used to being successful all the time, and we're not. Um, I think I saw a really good tweet and I forget who it was. I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to call you out on it, but it was something along the lines of at the beginning of the season, Hey, this is a young offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, young offensive core. And we're missing a lot of our key players right now. Uh, be patient. Uh, and then we lose to Kansas city and, uh, everyone is like losing their minds about their patience. Uh, fire everybody. This is terrible. This offense is terrible. Look, the execution is not there. The play calls are there. That, I mean, I mean you, you were looking at some of these uh, play calls, especially some of the passes that were errant passes. There were wide open guys available. He just needs to read it better. Yeah. Uh, the fumbles, you can't call that. The the blitzes that made him throw that out, which, again, I think that, that pick six, not so much Drew Locke's fault. Yes, obviously, he threw the pick six, and he probably should have seen that safety coming down. But really, just a great play by the safety to be able to hide behind those linebackers before he threw the ball and just jump on it when it came in. But... He also had pressure in his face that he needs to get 
out, right? That's another execution issue, not so much a play call. So I think what needs to happen is we just need to get that down. We saw it also in the uh, in the game before this when we were playing New England. Yes, we won that game, but how many balls got dropped, mm-hmm. right? Those balls mm-hmm. were placed well, but they were dropped. The execution is just not there. The play call's there. The what the, Everything that we can have set in front of us is there. We just need to be able to execute and make those make those big plays when we have the opportunity. And again, once that does start clicking, we do start catching all those balls, making all those plays, making those blocks. This is going to be a completely different Broncos team than I think we're used to, and it's going to be so much more fun to watch. They're just so young right now. You know, the execution will come with reps, but that's all that is going to make that execution better. You can't Absolutely. take these guys off the field because they're not playing well and say get better in practice. It just doesn't work like that. They have to be able to get playing time together, uh, build chemistry together. It's the only OA we're going to see these things kind of ironed out. Yep. And and so I'm, I'm going to stand firm on this. I don't think there's anybody, no matter who, what clickbait you're clicking on, on on Facebook, I don't think there's anybody on the chopping block except for maybe the special teams coordinator. Oh. But nobody else. I don't think I don't think Vic Fangio's head's about to roll. I don't think Pat Shermer's head's about to roll. I don't even think Drew Locke is even close to being uh, put on notice to be able to uh, to not be there anymore. I, no. I don't think any of that's the case. And we are we have a young team. We have a young core once they start playing together. And I don't want a sixth offensive coordinator in three seasons. I just we can't do that. That's it. You know, how is it going to help? How's it going to help Drew Locke's development to have a third offensive coordinator in three pro seasons? How's it going to help any of these these guys, this, this young, young offense get better? I just I don't you know, it's nice to go out and say this whiz kid is available. Let's go get him. But, you know, whiz kids for every Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, there's a Zach Taylor out there. Right. You know, it's a lot harder than just picking a guy and saying, that's our guy. There's a rich Scangarello hanging, hanging, hiding behind every corner. You just you can't be safe. Um, Exactly. No, I, I totally agree with you. All right. Well, with that, um, is there any parting words, David? I guess those were my parting words. Is there any parting words that you have before we wrap this up? Uh, You said everything I wanted to say. And as usual, several more things that nobody needed to hear you say, but you (laughs) you said them anyway. Um, But I said them and they've been said. They've been said. Now they are out there and the world. They're out there. All right, well, if that's all we got, then uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you hit follow. Make sure you tell your friends and family about us. And as always, David, go go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.